Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. It is Sunday, September 19th, and I hope everyone is having a great weekend. This is Justin again from the Road to Wealth podcast, and I'm honored that you were able to come to this episode and listen in. On today's episode, I connect with Roger from Upshot Wealth. We talk about loving your nine to five, your job and career. And as a father and a husband and engineer by day, Roger shares his journey and talks through the different vehicles that nine to fives have helped his financial journey and why they're so beneficial to us that are in our own respective careers. We also discuss his recent milestone, hitting seven figures, and really his advice to those starting out in in their careers. So I want to thank everyone that came to listen to this episode. We actually have more episodes on money on this show, The Road to Wealth. And I would encourage you all, uh, if you are listening, to rate and review on your podcast player. And also, if you, if you feel like you're gaining something from this, um, feel free to you know share with a friend and family member. That, that really means a lot to me. Um, it takes a lot of work every week building out these episodes and obviously connecting with all the great people that come on the show. So really do appreciate those that, that do that. And if you feel like interacting as well, um, I'll actually have all my social within the show notes, but feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Road to Wealth. And uh, without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Roger at Upshot Wealth. Hello, everyone. This is Justin Knackpill again with the Road to Wealth podcast. I am honored to have Mr. Roger from Upshot Wealth uh, on the call today. Thank you for, for joining with me, man. Thank you for having me, Justin. I appreciate it. No worries. And um, he's calling all the way down in the South. And I certainly hope that uh, the the long and uh, really hot summers are are over for you. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to happen here in Texas. Is, it's always too hot. <laughs> there, there's no medium, unfortunately. Fair enough. But I will be very jealous, man, in, in the wintertime when it's like 20 below in Chicago and you're... I think, you know, I, I, I do not envy you at all. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Uh, well, I have Roger on the, on the call. He's been, a, you know, a friend online uh, with me and, you know, very similar to, you know, our background, just, you know, being in the work workplace and just, you know, being a father and a husband, just trying to stack as much investments as we can for our family. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about you know, how do we love our nine to five and, and really the benefits of that? Um, you know, I was, I was chatting with Roger in show prep about, you know, within, you know, our corner of the internet, there's always this speak of entrepreneurship and finding passive income. But, you know, even to get to that point, you know, the, the aspect of finding your career and finding the love of your nine to five is, is something that sometimes gets forgotten. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, any, any comments there, Roger? Yeah, I, I I think honestly, nine to fives can really drive what your end goal is. Um, I think a lot of times people forget what their why is and why they work. For example, a nine to five. Why did you start your journey? What drives you? And those are key things to remember, um, not only for what you're trying to aspire to, but also just for day to day happiness, right? Yeah, and I think there's also an element of personal identity that goes along with it. Um, and I, I guess you know I, I, where I want to start, Roger, is you know within our corner of the internet, we always talk about you know what we're going to be doing after we, we find financial independence, right? What 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 do we you know? And sometimes the the notion is, at least the tone I get from certain people is that it feels like people are just running away from their nine to five. You know how do how do how how do you respond to that? And how do we you know find 
you know, satisfaction there. Right. I, I think what we see in our corner of Twitter is honestly, depending on the demographic, I think you have a lot of 20 something year olds kind of starting life, right. Getting, getting their feet wet, maybe getting on their first job or second job. And life is a journey, right? Like if you look at us, you know, we're both, both parents, both dads have kids. Um, you know, that adds a different dynamic to life altogether. And I, I think that's, that's something that sometimes gets left out when you're thinking about the beginning and the end, right? And a lot of times also think, people think about retirement. It's like, oh, I want to work and do all these hours so that I can retire. And it almost sounds like they're going to retire and do nothing. And like, that's not really like reality, right? Like it's cool to, I, I guess the perspective is they see that work is difficult or maybe not fulfilling. And that's why they want to remove it from their bucket. But there's a lot of jobs that can be fulfilling, right? And that's that's part of finding out from like who you are, what actually fulfills you, and then finding hopefully something that kind of balances between personal fulfillment and a, and a, a job. I say job when really I should say career that fulfills you. There's a big difference between the two. Jobs and careers aren't necessarily the same exact thing, right? I look at a job as something that you do because you're kind of forced to do it in some way, or like I need to fill a need, um, or, or or something to that nature. But I look at, at a career as I, this is something I've planned on doing uh, that I want to do, and I want to as be the best I can in doing that particular career. And hopefully, it's something that you are actually passionate about. You know, that, that's a good point. And you know, I'll share my past experience. I, I think I've shared in the past too. I, I kind of fell into sales. I mean, for sales, right? Like being in sales, no one really, you know, goes to school to do sales. And, you know, it, it's always this, uh, you know, joke of, you know, you just kind of fell into it. But, you know, I love the industry and, you know, the aspects of the job and the people, the networking. Um, I'm curious for you, did, did you plan your career, you know, coming out of college or if, 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 if you didn't go to college? I, that, yeah. So, so I, I studied, I studied computer science. Um, it's funny cause I, and it just goes to show how sometimes even when we think we want to do something, we really don't know what we want to do. So studying computer science, I was like, okay, yeah, I love computers. I'm going to do computer science and I'm going to do all this, you know, programming. And I remember going to my like last year of college and thinking, I don't like programming. <laughs> what am I going to do with a computer science degree, right? So there was kind of like a, it, it kind of hit me kind of hard, right? Cause it kind of hit me la- last minute realizing, I, I think it's part of growth, right? As, as we mature, um, figuring out what we want to do. Um, the great thing, though, is I met some people that actually kind of opened the door and showed me that just because you do computer science or even just tech in general, you're not limited to one aspect of it, right? There isn't just programming jobs, right? There's so many different jobs in the tech world, um, like, for, for example, system admins or, you know, uh, you know, people doing uh, like, let's say a mixture of technical marketing where they do marketing and they do engineering or just different aspects that aren't necessarily focused just on, on programming. And, and that was one thing that kind of opened my eyes on, on realizing that there's more opportunities. And, and a lot of times it's just a matter of us understanding what those opportunities are. Right. And sometimes we get, we lose track of that because we're kind of in our own little 
like bubble, right? Or a little, mm-hmm. little circle and we need to branch out. Um, that's kind of kind of what I saw. And, and helped me a lot too, because it kind of allowed me to that, realize that, um, and actually find a job that I actually wanted to do, that allowed me to do some of that. So that's, it's been great. That's good. And, you know, on the finance side, you know, during that period of, you know, kind of self-identification or, you know, uh, you know, just trying to figure out what you want to do when you grow up, quote unquote, right? Um, right. Did you did you have uh, a savings mindset during that time or did you have an idea of? No, I, I, I knew nothing. <laughs> um, I got really lucky, actually. I I got in an industry where my coworkers were like a big, a big help. Uh, I was basically the youngest guy on my group when I joined um, doing, doing basically systems engineering at the time. And essentially what ended up happening was I had these um, older coworkers that already had, you know, that were in their thirties, they had kids and they kind of already were, I guess in a way kind of set on what they wanted to do and what they enjoyed. Right. So a completely different perspective than mine at the time. And I, they were very open about talking about finances and for example, investing, and they were open about talking about 401ks and just helpful. I I, I think when I, for me growing up, money wasn't a subject that was really talked about. Um, So it was kind of like frowned upon talking about, I don't know if it was necessarily frowned upon, it just wasn't talked about period. And that made it difficult because how can you know about money if no one talks about it, <laughs> especially in your inner circle? Um, but this this circle, I got lucky. I, I met a group of people that that were completely different from where I grew up. I actually, the job that I got was out of state. So I actually completely moved my entire life to, to do this job. Um, I'm actually from Florida originally. And, uh, you know, I got this job offer and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try it out. And see what happens, right? It kind of essentially allowed me to open my open my doors and open my horizons as far as what I was um, exposed to. And basically, talking to uh, this group over the time and over the years, I kind of started learning about some of the aspects about, for example, four hundred one k matches and index funds. And that just kind of opened the door for me with regards to really wanting to learn about these things. So it went from, oh, this is cool. I'm glad that I learned about this to I want to do more research on this. And that really, really helped me. And, and I think it wasn't necessarily like, um, a, like, oh, I read this particular book and it changed my life type deal, which you see a lot like on Twitter. It was honestly like just Googling about these different topics. Oh, you're talking about index funds today. Oh, you're talking about 401ks. What are the do's and don'ts? And um, you know, how, do, how do they work? And that just kind of opened up the kind of opened up the gates to just thinking about those things. And then really realistically, what happens is you get to a point where you, you realize that at, like in my perspective, index funds are a huge aspect of how I invest and why I invest the way I do right now, that it's not that hard, right? Like it's it's one of those index funds are one of those weird things where it's like the the less you do the better right and and we live in we live in a in lifestyles where it's like you're always trying to do more it's like i need to do more 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 or i need to be active in some particular way and it's it's funny how like in investing at least for index funds that's has been the opposite effect for me so 
I loved everything you said there because you know, <laughs> oh, thank you. you have you have a kindred spirit here, you know, just setting it and forgetting it. And I think that was something that you know I had to learn over time just because I didn't know, you know, even though I had a finance degree, I was like, oh, do I pick a portfolio of stocks or, you know, this certain mutual funds? So index funds was, you know, very much a, a, a game changer to me. And, you know, ironically, I actually shot over some questions to, to Roger to kind of prep him for this talk. And one of the questions that I sent him, which I think you kind of answered here was, how do our jobs influence our money decisions? And, you know, I, I want you to take us back, right? Like you, you talked a little bit about the circle of engineers that are around you that are really at the age you are now, right? And yeah. speaking very openly, I, I feel that there are not many circles, whether it be you know, in your social circle or even your family, that can help prime you for these type of you know, money lessons. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, sometimes you, I feel like I really got lucky from that aspect, right? Because Without sometimes it's it's hard to know what you don't know, right? And sometimes, you know, I think there's a big part of like really surrounding yourself around, for example, successful people, surrounding yourself about people that want to strive to get better, like really does does matter. Not necessarily because like oh you're trying to be like them, but typically like good ideas and good outcomes happen out of them, right? Um, and that's something I, I, I think you even learn at a, at a younger age too, right? Like, who, like, you know, like the saying, like, tell me, tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. Right. Type deal. I think really this is true kind of throughout life. Right. Um, and not, you're not necessarily trying and like, at least from my perspective, I'm not ever looking to be someone else, but I love being surrounded by people that find ways to better themselves. Um, I think that's kind of one of the fun parts about Money Twitter is that you actually have a lot of people that are super successful in different ways. And sometimes that you like learn things about how they're doing it, why they're doing it, their thought process around it. And at the very least, it should allow you to challenge your thought process and why you do things the way you do. Right. And I think that's what I, I personally look forward to when I talk to like yourself or, or others is how do I, how do I better myself today? And okay, someone said they're doing X, Y, Z. Okay. Does that make sense for my scenario or not, you know, or, or, or challenge it, even talk to other people about, Hey, look, I heard about this. What do you think about that? Um, I'll tell you one that I hear all the time. Um, obviously people love taxable accounts, right? Like I want financial freedom, taxable accounts over retirement accounts. And I, I won't lie, initially, I was like, you know, oh, man, you got to do retirement accounts first. And, you know, taxable wasn't really like my thought process. But then actually going back and personally doing the math and thinking about what does my retirement plan look like? What does my retirement exit look like? I realized for me that, no, retirement accounts are better than taxable accounts you know and, and i know that people might cringe when they hear that here but like i i think something there is you know something to think about that people's situations are different um also for example from a 401k perspective not everyone has access to a 401k right so depending on who you're talking to um they might not necessarily have one or be necessarily exposed to one because let's say they're an entrepreneur and they have their own business and Let's say they just don't have one. They don't have access to IRAs or something like that. 
So it's just different, different thought process, different thinking. But I think the important thing out of it is people have different ideas and it's important to go out and figure out if, if these ideas are something that you can take advantage of in one particular way or, or just um, figure out if it, it makes sense for you. And that's kind of what I've done. And this, I just bring up that example because that's one that I really did put a lot of thought into is this a better strategy for me or not? And then I kind of went back to, it's not a better strategy, but I realized the uh, more of the importance of a taxable account and then how I can incorporate it into my entire portfolio. Now, that was something that I didn't realize even pre-Money Twitter. You know, I, I think that's the beauty of having, you know, the network around you, whether it be on Money Twitter or even just having a very open dialogue with your current coworkers or colleagues is, you're not necessarily chasing to be like the successful person in the room. You're just more so figuring out what's going to be more conducive for your situation. Right. Exactly. You know, it, 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 go, it, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Now I was going to mention, um, you know, your journey of, you know, leveraging many of the resources that a career can, can happen. Like you mentioned, like many organizations don't offer their employees 401ks or even a match. I'm curious, you know, and you don't have to give specifics if you, if you don't feel comfortable, but, you know, were there certain vehicles that you took advantage of because you were in, you know, a career at a job? Yeah, uh, I, for sure. 401k is absolutely one. Um, it's obviously as I've changed companies, the the match has changed over time. They've always been good matches. Um, IRAs, obviously one taking advantage of HSAs, health spending accounts, big. Um, only 6% of people invest their HSA money or know that they can, which is another another thing that- That is, is a is big vital. opportunity, everybody. I, I will, I'm will. i sorry to interrupt, Roger, one. but if you have an HSA, the best triple advantage tax, tax, tax account you could ever have, and there's just so many benefits of it. In a way, I feel like Roger and I could just do our own episode on HSAs if we wanted to. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I think that's one of the bigger ones. And I, I think that also, yeah, 401k, HSA, IRA, uh, all huge in, in basically building the, I guess, the lifestyle that I want to have, right? I think that's the other part too. It's like, you know, sometimes when you go to an interview for a job, they'll ask you like, where do you see yourself in five years? But if you think about financial planning, it's like, where do you see yourself in 30 years, right? Sometimes even harder to answer that question, right? Not to mention, let's say you want to retire earlier, right? Like, not necessarily the earlier part is harder, but figuring out what that's going to bring throughout your lifetime, right? Because every decade that you, uh, let's say, retire early, right, also introduces other challenges, I think that's probably why I like finance so much because it's kind of like a puzzle. Kind of, a, it's like, I love strategy games, and this is definitely like the best strategy game you can play. <laughs> totally, and you know, one thing that we're leaving out that I feel is uh, is kind of a given. And you know, granted, you know, there there's some debate depending on you know, the quality, but healthcare. I think healthcare costs in in it of itself sure. is something that many people like. I'm very grateful for you know my employer with you know with our options. And in addition to, you know, the other aspects that Roger talked about, whether it be a 401k match, an IRA, an HSA, these are all vehicles that you may have, 
obviously benefit or privy to you know being at an employer and and frankly there are just some employers that either don't share it or advocate during open enrollment or they're just you know employees sometimes feel blind because they they just don't even know where to begin and to add to that point i mean from a nine to five perspective versus entrepreneur right it's like hey i want to make you know i want to work for myself and i want to make 100k let's say as an example that 100k doesn't include healthcare that you might need, right? Versus working at the nine to five and you get a hundred K it includes healthcare that you need. So like, those are things to consider, especially, you know, obviously when you're younger, maybe you're super healthy and it's like an afterthought. Um, but as you get older or you have kids, right? Like it's something to consider. And that's, and I'm not saying that for it to discourage you from ever wanting to pursue your own, your own business or your own thing, but it's just more like to, bring it to light that these are things that you need to think about. These are considerations you need to think about. Right. Um, at the, at the end of the day, you know, life, life throws curveballs at you every once in a while. Right. So you have to kind of, at least for me, the more I know, the more I can prepare myself, the better I feel personally on how I, I, I tackle problems or, or try to solve problems in general. You know, you you brought up a, a good point there, Roger. Around you know, sometimes life happens, right? And you know, I, I immediately thought of like things like disability insurance, right, or long term care. Um, you yeah. know, if you're you know, some employers do offer that, and you know, you are an asset. You know, I, I think that there there is an element where you know you you are hired, especially at a job to do to perform your duties. Um, but they recognize too that you know, if if you do fall ill or anything like that, there are elements there that an employer can potentially cover you know, to get, bring you back to the workforce in a, in a stronger position. Or, or even like, I mean, going down this morbid path, but like, uh, like, uh, like life insurance, there's a lot of employers, at least in the tech tech space I'm in, like offer your, you know, life insurance for something, you know, were to happen to you, like your spouse would have some, something to lean on to right and it's not like it's crazy but you know what you got to think if something like that is happening in your life it things are difficult right and you might not you're not going to necessarily be in the headspace that you need to be or your spouse is not going to be in the headspace that you need to be yeah um i, I want to pivot to to something you talked about roger when you talked about you know funding your lifestyle and you know i'm curious you know mm -hmm. how that blends, you know, your work-life balance. How, how do you define that now that, you know, you're, you're like me as a 30-year-old father and husband and, you know, busy life? Um, how does it influence my, say that one more time, sorry. So, you know, now that we're at the stage of life, right, and mm -hmm. life is busy, right, how do you balance your yeah. work-life Oh, the work-life balance. Um, I, I think for work-life balance, I look for um, basically prioritizing time is important. <laughs> um, looking at, honestly, figuring out what is urgent, what's important, not urgent, <laughs> you know, like making tasks for you. I, I, I find sometimes like if I'm looking for like specifically work, uh, things like Trello are awesome. You can actually make cards and kind of like make a list of, hey, these are my to-do items. I feel like anytime I have a to-do to -do list, I'm so much more efficient with my time overall. And 
honestly, I really try to stick to specific work hours. Like for example, I, I, I love, I love working out. It's something that honestly relieves my stress, makes me feel good. And I do everything in my power on a daily to make that happen. Like it is like, I don't know, for some people, they wake up in the morning and drink coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, by the way. But like for some people, like I need to wake up and I have to have my coffee. For me, it's like I need to, when I wake up today, I need to go and work out. Like that needs to happen. Um, and then honestly, like setting time specifically for things that I love to do. Um, one of the things I love to do is actually uh, hang out with a couple friends. I actually hang out with some co um, ex-coworkers now because I don't, I don't actually work with them anymore. But we actually have a regular Friday uh, that we go out to um, a friend's house and we all meet up and we kind of hang out. And it's, it's great. It's like it, it allows us to, to kind of catch up and continue like the friendships. I think like that's sometimes that's been one of the great things for me is that a lot of my coworkers have become more than coworkers. They've become like really close friends. Um, and it's, it's, there's nothing better than, in my opinion, than getting to work with other people that have your same like views on things as well as like just absolute and like you enjoy working with them. Right. So it's, it's been helpful. And then, and then lastly, you know, plan vacations. There's people that have like unlimited PTO and don't take any time off. It's like, stop being these crazy people. Like take time off, man. <laughs> It's funny you bring up unlimited PTO. I, I saw an Instagram reel or um, video where they're, you know, essentially com comedically talking about like how an employer will still press an employee if they're on. And I just feel like, you know, as long as you can set boundaries with your employer, you can just communicate with your, uh, your manager around like, you know, I am going on PTO. These are my yeah. boundaries. They'll respect you. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and and then you know like every job every job in every field is different. I, I think in the tech space, um, there's more flexibility. At least that's been my experience. Um, and I think it's just a matter of like it's like for example, it's been more about the the project. Like the project has a due date. It's not so much a worry about what I'm doing on a daily basis, right? It's more about like getting this particular project done. And I think that's something I've really enjoyed from working in the tech industry is that it's not about your day-to-day -day result. It's about kind of like the end product result. Hmm. I don't know how that, that's been similar for you. It, no, it has been. And you know, I, I think that's the aspect of career versus job where, you know, yeah. you're, as you become a more mature professional, you know, like for example, in my twenties, like I was, you know, paying my dues, right? And, you know, For sure. there, there are times where you have to do that. But I think over time, especially if you stick within your industry and, you know, become a master um, or subject matter expert in it, you just t tend to have, you know, that's why you are getting paid either potentially a higher, higher salary or um, you're being considered for promotion is because you have that expertise and you can define when to implement your time properly versus, you know, having, and again, this is, you know, not to shoot at a specific industry, but you're just not a, you know, uh, a labored worker just doing one task at a time. And I feel like if you can diversify out or, you know, get out of a fixed mindset, you don't have to be the victim of your circumstances. I feel like you can, if, if, if there's a skill that you feel you can help amplify in your, in your industry or whatever, you should be able to, 
you know, flourish and, and try and, and try to go for those type of opportunities that you talked about before. And look for ways to like expand your growth. I think a lot of times people will do a particular job and they're like, okay, well, this is what I do every day. I'm not going to do anything else, but do this thing. And then they get burnt out. And it's like, life's more than just doing that one thing you do. Like there's probably other, other aspects of your job or necessarily just in general that you want to grow as a person that, you know, use other time to do those things. That's kind of, kind of even part of the work-life balance. Sometimes people think life balance has to mean I'm not doing anything. Sometimes life balance means doing something you actually enjoy or you want to get better at as well, right? Because that could lead to better work or not work or a better career. Yeah. Um, and, and just for brass tacks, Roger, um, you know, I, yeah. I've looked at your blog. I've looked at, you know, we've obviously gone on Twitter. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned like, you know, you were you had some very great circumstances with your coworkers early. You talk about you know you started at zero and then eventually built a six figure net worth within two years. Um, I'm curious how you how you did that. Yeah. Um, so basically, what I ended up doing it is funny because the first year that I um, started working in tech, um, I, re- I remember the following year doing my taxes. And then realizing like, like I had like no money to my name. I was like, where, where did all my money go? It was crazy. And I think that was like my first realization that I did a horrible job with money and I need to be better at it. And I basically kind of pivoted on the fact that I, I was actually living with a roommate. And I mean, I, I, was, I, was, paying like, I was paying like 450 a month to live in basically like a room. And I remember that like shortly after I did my taxes or like somewhere around that time, I kind of decided, you know what? I want to, I want to buy a house. Like that, that just became like my, my goal. Like I want to buy a house. And, and mind you, we're talking back in like 2008, 2009, when like the housing crash is about to happen or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or had just happened. Yeah. So not exactly probably the, well, I, I mean, in hindsight, kind of a great time to buy a house, but at the same time, a scary time to buy a house, right? Because um, people didn't know what was going to happen, right? Like everything was kind of going crazy. But effectively, I, I went on two years of just saving like every dollar I could save basically to get a down payment on, on a house. And I wasn't trying to buy the best house and I wasn't trying to buy my 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 future my future like i'm gonna live forever in this home even though at the time i totally felt that i would live there forever kind of type deal like this is going to be a forever house but it, it ended up not being actually but that's that's kind of what i did i pivoted there and after i did the house thing um you know fast forward basically from i guess the the two years prior that i had the house um, I basically built, you know, the the million dollar net worth, right? Effectively through house and through investing, and mostly investing in my in my four hundred one k. That's been the biggest. That was the biggest driver in that. And and today, and actually, like last year, I even passed the 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 big investment threshold, right, of the million dollars. So it's been. It's, it's it's been unbelievable actually sometimes you just can't believe that you finally 
hit that that massive goal, I guess. At least it was for me. Um, and now it's kind of just continuing on that, uh, you know, you, you realize time is important. Like, you can't do this. You don't do it in one year. You don't do it in two. You don't do it in five. It's great for people that have done it. But um, honestly, I... I would say I'm not necessarily doing anything super special aside from the fact that I'm allowing time and compounding to do its thing. And I continue to put in no matter what's happening, you know, and, and for example, 2020 with COVID and everything going crazy, I didn't change anything I was doing. It was literally like, just keep pumping in to it. You know, I, I would say, I, I would say now I'm even more aggressive. I think cause it's all you guys kind of pushing me and seeing all these crazy numbers everyone's doing it's like man i gotta i gotta do even more now so sometimes uh yeah, um competition it catches up to me a little bit so i'm, I'm competitive in nature <laughs> well let me be, you know let me be at least publicly first to tell you congratulations man um i think that's thank you man i appreciate a, a, it a huge milestone for one uh and i'm curious are, are would that be you know from a generational perspective something that like you built on your own and um I'm, I'm curious, you know, just like how that's pictured within kind of like your family lineage, like how and how you. Oh, yeah. That. Like I'm definitely like my family doesn't. I don't talk. It's funny because I kind of don't talk to my parents or anybody in my family really about these numbers or whatever. I think I think Twitter knows more about my stuff than than what I actually share. But um, yeah, I, I, I like from my family perspective of what I know, it's like by far. Uh, I think I've exceeded um, anyone in there uh, in, in my in my family lineage. I honestly like I, I do it now for the for the purpose of like the the main goal that I did all of this or started investing was I wanted to secure my retirement. Like that was my goal. Like I, I you see so many people like like rely so much on like for example social security to kind of like make ends meet and survive. And I didn't want to have to rely on that. So like investing just came a big part of like, okay, investing does bring that freedom that I'm looking for. And then now, like as, as things grow and obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. I know that people think, Hey, things grow 8% every year, but we know that's not true. It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's kind of like, the, the goal now is like, well, I feel like I'm getting to the point where, yes, I'm, I, I feel confident that I'm going to secure my retirement. And now hopefully I can actually secure further than that. Maybe I can secure, you know, um, so, and provide some freedoms for what my kids want to do in the future. Not necessarily say I want to, you know, like say, hey, here, you can do whatever you want in life. But having a leg up, you know, I, I think that's one thing with my, with my parents. My parents never had a lot of money. But that's one thing they always did for me. They they helped me as much as they could to to be successful. You know, like they they worked those extra hours, or they made they did whatever they had to do in order to make my life easier. So I'm forever grateful, and I and I definitely want to do the same for for my kids, right? Because a lot of people struggle, right? And it's like you can't forget it. You know, it's it's, it's everyone struggles, and and some people have it harder than others. And it's always important to have kind of that empathy and realize that, you know, um, I think sometimes we look at life through our own lens 
And sometimes we have to get out of our own lens in order to understand what people have actually gone through and where they're coming from and understand their pain points. Um, especially in, in today's day and age, that becomes harder and harder, I feel. That's beautiful, man. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, now that you've hit this milestone, do you feel any different? Absolutely not. I feel the exact same. It, it's it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I, I've, hit a, I've hit a milestone that really doesn't change anything <laughs> as far as like, I'm still going to do the, the work that I enjoy doing. Um, I'm still going to do the Twitter stuff because I find it like so much fun. I love just talking to people and bouncing ideas. Um, I just look at it as it, my goal is still far away. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm 37 now. I love to retire at 50. Um, that's kind of like the goal, but I also need to get, you know, I, I, I feel like it takes time to make that happen as far as like, I still need to reach a, a fee number. Um, my fee number is big in my head. I, I, I honestly, for me, it's 2.5. I think that's the number that needs to happen. And I come through that through basically the 4% rule out of that 2.5. Um, and we'll see what happens. You know, I think that's the beauty of, of, of life is don't be too, you know, it, it's, it's a ballpark number for me and as well as the age, right. It might take me longer, <laughs> you know, I might do it sooner. Who knows? Like it just, it just, I, I try to keep it. I try to relax and not think about it so much. Um, the worst thing you can do is like stress about it every day. I know like, for example, you know, I, I definitely check my, accounts and stuff like that way more than I ever did before I got on Twitter. Okay. These Twitter people have ruined me for that. <laughs> but, um, like, honestly, I, I went years where I never looked at it. Like I, I literally like never looked at it cause it was irrelevant at the end of the day, like putting money in my 401k is irrelevant for what I was doing for my, for my life. Like it's important to put it in and make sure it was invested, but that was like the extent of it. Right. It, it wasn't changing anything I was doing this year, next year, the following year. And I feel like that also like eases stress on like, I need to hit these numbers or this needs to happen. Or I calculated through the 8% rule that I should have X amount of dollars by this time that I'm this age. And it's like, relax. Like it, things happen when they happen. Look at the growth that we've had just this year, like over 20% and like S&P last year, we had like 40%, like sometimes, the growth happens like crazily and sometimes we'll have years where it doesn't, you know, and, and it's just take those things, you know, take it with a grain of salt, relax. If, as long as you're doing your part, it, you'll get there. I'm going to stress what Roger said there in the past. It, it was more so about time in the market, right. Versus you yeah. know, timing the market. I think the, the aspect here is, you know, that that's why we see Warren Buffett's net worth. You know, he's just had, years of investing. I mean, I think he bought his first stock at like the age of nine or 11 or something, yeah. you know, something ridiculous. But, you know, I, I think the aspect that, you know, that Roger's trying to demonstrate here is that there's, you know, it can happen to you. It's just a matter of starting, right? And every cliche you have there in the investment book where, you know, even Charlie Munger says, um, who's Warren Buffett's right-hand man, you know, the first hundred thousand is a bitch and yeah. you just got to get there. Um, 
you know, I, th- I think there's you know patience, but there's also just consistency. That um, is what it sounds like to me, Roger. Absolutely, yeah, and and enjoy your day to day. You know, like you do that. That's part of it. It's not your whole life, though. You know, you do what you you do your part, and just enjoy your day to day. Keep focusing on on the why you're doing things, and and focus on you know how you, how you can better yourself every day, right? I I think that's the thing too, like. You know, going back to our our main topic of the of the nine to five, I like for example, if you ask me, what do you? I actually enjoy finance more than I than I love my nine to five, but I really do enjoy my nine to five too. And it's like it also shows you can love more than one thing, and you can be passionate about more than one thing. And and we aren't we don't live in a we we try to make everything very black and white with respect with regards to everything, but life is really gray. And I think that's what, that's what actually technically gives it color, right? Because you, you kind of learn more about yourself, what you want to do. And it's okay not to have all the answers. I mean, heck, I don't have all the answers. I, I'm just doing the best that I can every day. You know, I'm still trying to figure out how do I get a seventh month old to sleep throughout the <laughs> night. So if anyone has any suggestions, I'll, I'm all of yours. <laughs> this is a, this is a call out to uh, the dad Twitter world and the parent Twitter world to, uh, Give Roger and I some tips. <laughs> um, well, I just have a few things to end, uh, you know, as we're kind of winding down here, Roger. Um, yeah. You know, one thing that I didn't prep you this uh, for you for this, but um, something that we've noticed, especially with COVID and um, even up to now, is this term called the re- great resignation. Have you heard of this? I have not. So th- there's been a higher than normal rate of Americans quitting the workforce, um, specifically Mm -hmm. within this year, you know, just due to COVID. And, um, you know, a lot of it can be due to burnout. It could be due to anxiety or, you know, just uncertainty with, you know, everything going on. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, especially if there is, you know, someone young listening to this episode now, and you mentioned earlier you know, you at least had a very sound group of colleagues that guided you financially. If you had a 20-year-old that's listening to this episode now, what would you tell them that, you know, during this level of uncertainty, you know, for further unemployment, they're just starting out, what would you tell them? I would say save more than you think you need to save. <laughs> invest more than you think you need to invest. I mean, that's the biggest one. And, and, and honestly, the other one is, don't go crazy and don't get into debt. If you, if you're like, try to avoid debt as much as possible. I mean, honestly, I, I, I know that, I know that debt can be a tool, but it can also be uh, difficult to get out of, especially when you're talking about, let's say like uh, credit card debt. Um, I think that's one that definitely, um, that just slows your growth overall. Right. Um, but yeah, I think aside from that, Investing in your future, sometimes it's hard to think about your future when you're 20 something and think about where you're going to be. I think I saw someone tweet that like life ended when you're 40 and I'm like, I hope not. <laughs> that would be pretty, that'd be pretty scary. But um, I, honestly, you're just starting out in life. It's about enjoying life, but at the same time, also put a couple, put, put a couple extra dollars in that, in that, uh, investing fund for your future. And I promise you, there's absolutely no one that I've ever heard that regretted putting extra money in there for retirement. 
if you meet that person, I want I want to talk to them and and and, and slap them. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful, man. No, that's beautiful. Thanks. That that that's you know I, I feel a, a great way to end it. And um, you know if if you are twenty, you know in your twenties and. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Believe me, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, especially if as you're gathering your your career. Um, remember, it's long. It can be long, but it can also be enjoyable. So, um, hopefully, you're you're getting. Go ahead. And and one last thing I'll say is that just look at time. Like there throughout throughout history, we always go through. There's always hardships. You know that that happen. Look, like just you can just go back a couple of years in 2008 and look at. You know, the housing market crash and all that. It's like there's always uncertainty at some point. We had the, the tech bubble at one point, right? So you can go back in history and you can see there's things that happen in our economies that are impacted. But at the end of the day, things eventually rebound. They come back, you know, at least that's what we've seen over time. And I expect that trend to continue. You know, there's a saying that says that history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but but it rhymes. So I, I'm going with that story. That, that's going to be your new uh, pin post on Twitter. I, I see. So. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, thanks, Roger, again for for coming on the podcast. We were going to definitely do some more in the future. Uh, please share where people could find you, and uh, if there's anything you want to plug, you know, feel free, man. Yeah. So um, please follow me on Twitter at Upshot Wealth. And obviously, if you have any questions about retirement or just want to say hello, please send me a DM or, or do engage with me on, on one of the tweets. And also, I do have a 401k book. Um, basically, everything I've learned throughout the years on how to maximize my 401k, I put into that book. I put a lot of time in creating it. And hopefully, if you're out there and you have a 401k and you're thinking about what to do with it or, or want to learn about like basically my experiences on how I maximize it for myself. It's, it's in there. Well, cool, man. I'll definitely put the information in the show notes so people can get, go and check you out as well as check out your 401k book. And, uh, Roger, thanks again for spending an evening with me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. You too.